Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Alva, and I'm an extreme extrovert. So, yesterday was an interesting day. It's a very warm day in Minneapolis. It's a Thursday, and it's, it's one of those days where in the morning you bring your sweatshirt because it's raining and it's cold, and then by the time it hits noon, it's so warm that you're like, man, I don't need any of this stuff that I had brought with me. But it's very nice. <laughs> That's, you get used to this kind of stuff when you live in a city like Minneapolis. Um, that's the beauty of it. You never really get bored. Anyway, so something interesting happened to me yesterday. Um, I was hanging out outside, as some people might have known. I don't know if this is a global thing or if this is just according to certain states or the United States in general. But yesterday was National Going Out Day. And National Going Out Day, what it looks like, for me anyway, is when I went outside, you know, all the people on your street, you know, gathered together, they bring food, they bring beers, they bring their drinks, sometimes music, and they just kind of talk. You get to know your neighbors and you talk and you discuss things that have been going around in the neighborhood. Some good, some bad, you know, usually there's some children running around. And people usually block off the street with their own stuff, like whether it's like chairs or some people actually have caution tape and they block up the ends of their streets so that their neighbors can safely enjoy the outside and each other. So on National um, Going Out Day, I got to meet a lot of the neighbors in my neighborhood. And it was amazing. And one of the topics that came to mind was um, societal norms. So for example, I met a, I realized that a lot of my neighbors moved from different states. I had a neighbor from California, um, California, San Francisco. I had another from Texas, another from Maine. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting that everyone from all around the country is here just chilling on this block. <laughs> and it's fascinating to me. People are very fascinating. And I think that we often believe that there are so many extraordinary people in this world and they're like so far above us. Like when we think of an extraordinary person, sometimes we think about a president or sometimes psh, president. Well, some people do anyway. Um, some people think of a teacher, maybe a professor, maybe someone thinks of an articulate scientist, doctor, celebrity. And these people are, I guess, have some prestige when it comes to societal constructs and where they stand in society, maybe perhaps because they're very smart or they have lots of money. And it's interesting to me because when we look at these, at these people with this kind of structure, with this kind of, these characteristics and where they are in life, we often perceive these people as highly um, successful. You know, you have to be successful. Um, in order to be successful, you have to be like a celebrity, doctor, etc., scientist, whatever. Whatever people believe. And what I realized mainly from 
traveling around the world because I'm a world traveler, is that sometimes there are actually quite extraordinary people right in our backyard. There are extraordinary people that do research, write books, um, care for children, learn and teach. One of the persons that I had met for confidentiality, see for confidentiality, we'll call them Carol. Carol, C for Carol. Actually, yeah, we'll just say Carol. Okay. So Carol, they were on my block on this particular day. And this really like was interesting to me. This didn't this story didn't settle well for me. So I'm going to like give a little bit of a warning before anyone proceeds too far. Um in regards to police violence towards people of color. This is a story about one of my neighbors, they're black, and the police. So if you are already like, nope, this is going to be too traumatizing for me, too triggering, you can go on to the next podcasts, the past podcasts. But for those who want to listen, we're going to move on. So Carol, they're black. They identify as black. They are black. And they live really close to my block, one of my neighbors. And they were walking down the street, my block actually, to one of the stores that is at the end. A lot of people consider it kind of like a bodega. And if you don't know what a bodega is, it's kind of like a tiny little convenience store. Um, this one is, I wouldn't consider it really like a bodega because it is small and it sells, it, but kind of. We're, we'll just call it that. This old bodega at the end of my street sells candles, um, incenses, you know, CBDs, Delta 8s, cigarettes, things like that. Little snacks, convenient. Maybe you can find a roll of to- toilet paper, maybe. Um, sometimes grab eggs and milk. It's one of those stores. And... Everybody on my block goes to this store. It's a community store. Uh, everyone knows the owner. It's, it's very, I don't know, it's a huge community. Everyone goes there. And this particular person was going to this store this one time. Carol. And when Carol went to the store this evening, this particular evening, National Going Out Day, there was a call with kind of close to our neighborhood about someone that was black and that was holding a gun and was walking around and was dangerous. Of course, Carol, he, they didn't know this. They didn't know this. They were just minding their own damn business like every other day walking down the block. And all of a sudden, there's these three police cars. They all sor- circle them. Now, this is, this is kind of interesting because, you know, Carol isn't a particular person that engages in illegal activity. Most people know Carol. They've seen them on the block. And Carol is a very respectable person. And so three police cars surround them and tell them to get on the floor. 
And they look around and they see that there's even more police cars. There's two more down the block. Just, you know, and this is the thing about the police. They kind of spread themselves out, make sure people aren't going to run. And they were screaming at Carol. They were like, hey, get the fuck, the fuck on the floor. And the whole neighbors, all the neighbors were looking. They were like, what the heck is going on? And after all this distress, you know, Carol obviously had no idea there was a gun in their face. They were scared. And when they told the story to us, to our, to their neighbors, on this particular evening, they said that they, they could feel that they were urinating on themselves. They were so scared. And after all this trauma, after they checked their IDs, and after they like sat there and figured out that Carol had not done anything at all whatsoever, you know what they did? The police did? They tap, they pat them on the back and say, oh, sorry. Sorry for the hassle. Have a good day. Now, this was not very settling to hear. Why, why would the police officers stop someone? And after all that trouble, after obviously traumatizing them, embarrassing them, why would they pat them on the back and just say, okay, sorry, we made a mistake. I hope you have a good day now. Have fun buying your pop at the bodega. And see, this is what, why this did not settle well with me. Because Carol is one of the people in our community. They walk around quite a bit. And if this had happened to anyone else... I don't think I would be able to show up for the National Going Out Day and have a beer and socialize with my coworkers. I think if that had happened to me where I was laying on the floor with a gun to my head, traumatized, scared, to get back up and continue going on with my day. That's traumatizing. That's horrendous. And I'm not going to allow this to happen. This does not, this doesn't happen. This shouldn't happen. And as neighbors, when we were discussing this, Carol was like, well, this is just, this is life. This is what happens. This is the black struggle. This is what happens. And that I did not like. I did not like hearing that. And me, I don't identify as black. I'm not black. I'm Latina. And my skin is pink. (laughs) It's blonde. White. And I know that my reality is different than my neighbor Carol. But this particular situation kind of got me thinking of the phrase it happens. Or that's life. I didn't like those phrases. And you know why? Because they kind of validate that that's just how it goes. 
And that's scary. Because I don't think that's exactly how life should be. For anyone. And I know this is... This is not just my opinion. I know that a lot of people share this opinion. And I... I know it has been happening for a long time. Especially in Minneapolis. But I just wonder... When will it become not normal? Is there a way that we can change it so that our everyday citizens can walk to the bodega and buy like their snacks in peace? Do you have to be chased down by accident? See, this is the thing that bothers me the most. Because this is not the only time that this has happened. I was also on the bus. And a similar thing happened. There was this young kid. He was black. He was on the bus. And they stopped the whole bus. And these people, like, didn't ask anybody else what they were doing. Except for that one kid. Because I guess he looked suspicious for some reason. And... That's, that's embarrassing. That's traumatizing. Pointing someone out in front of everyone else and being like, Hey, did you do this? Oh, you didn't? Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry to give you a scare. Like, what the hell? What the hell is that? That makes no sense to me. There has to be some consequences. If you make a mistake, if you hunt someone down, if you hurt them, if you traumatize them, you... Like, trigger them by accident because they have one characteristic that kind of fits at one the description because they're black? That doesn't make no sense. There has to be some kind of consequences to making a mistake. And I know there's not much help just discussing these things, but I do believe that we have to talk more frequently about this. Especially in Minneapolis. And Minneapolis is a home. This is a city with people, with children, with elderly people, with people in general. And we deserve a good life. We deserve humanity. All of us do. And it's so interesting to me when people say that, like, all lives matter. They're like, well, we can't. We can't single nobody out. Well, actually, we do have to single people out. You know why? Because certain people are not getting the respect that others know that they deserve. That's the only reason why we say Black Lives Matter particularly, specifically, because apparently they're not being cared for enough. If there's a group of people in your city marching and saying, hey guys, we matter. We're here. Why? It, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be logical to look and be like, oh, uh, oh no, all lives matter because, you know, we're all here. Well, if there's a group of people that are like literally standing outside and being like, hey, we're ma- we matter because we have experiences that certain people don't even know about, can't even comprehend that it wouldn't happen to them in their lifetime. 
then yes, we do have to say that black lives matter. And it's common sense. That's why we don't have to say all lives matter. But apparently, a specific group is being targeted, so we do have to say specific groups do matter. We have to be vocal about this. When you're at a protest, when you're with a group of people, when people ask you, when you represent your cities, you have to say that these people matter. It's important. And I could go all day about on on and on about this, honestly. But in regards to breaking taboos, in regards to like breaking stigmas, they need to be vocally taught and discussed and expressed. And that goes with the belief in anything. And that's my goal is when I talk about, you know, addictions, when I talk about the things that are happening happening in Minneapolis. These are things that are happening to us because we're human. But for some of us, this is our reality. Police brutality is a reality for some people. And I strongly believe people continue to stand up for others and continue to advocate for sticking up for others, especially people of all color, regardless of color. Respect your neighbors. Stand up for them. There's appropriate and unappropriate ways to do that. And we can discuss that in uh, pa- in the next podcast, perhaps, or in a future one. But for now, I just wanted to make sure that Carol, their story was not not forgotten and not ignored because it's important. It is important for the world to know that this is the reality for Minneapolis. And it's going to change. How it's going to change is we're going to advocate. We're going to talk about it. We're going to spread the word about it. And let people know what is actually happening here. And the thing is, a lot of people have argued with me. They're like, it has been happening for so long. How is it going to change now? And you're right. Some things have not changed very much. But I feel like at the same time, as humans, our, one of our toxic and I guess positive characteristics of being human is that we often hope. We often pray, we often hope. And sometimes that's hoping, you know, being optimistic for the future is good, but there definitely needs to be action. And in regards to action, I do want to say that one thing that I'm very happy about in Minneapolis 
is that um, there has been a group of violence de-escalators that have been walking around the city and their main priority is to de-escalate crime and I like this because these people are of several different types of races they are people in the community and they're also trained to de-escalate crime and I know that this is, I personally feel like this is more effective for our community. It's a start because at my job, we used to have a police officer that would monitor the entrance. And there was just one cop and he would walk around and make sure, you know, all the things, people weren't stealing, blah, blah, blah. And oftentimes, especially during the time where, you know, George Floyd, the trial was going on, and people were just in high stress, seeing a cop doesn't, is, is triggering. <laughs> it's not comforting for some people. And a lot of the times when the cop would come and, you know, check people's receipts or something like that, a lot, I... You could just tell that some people were just very, very distraught and emotionally uncomfortable. Not because they were necessarily stealing, but just because of their own general safety. And with the team of de-escalators, I, I feel like the instant fear that comes when a cop is coming towards you, is eliminated. So if you see a friend, if you see, like, someone from the community, another person, maybe, you know, anybody other than a man in a specific uniform, it'll be a lot easier to talk to them and be like, hey, this is what's going on. And it has generally helped in my work. One of my works, I have many jobs, but um, one of the works that I do is at a grocery store. And I see this being very effective in the grocery store. Since that group of de-escalators have come, there has been few fights. Uh, there has been few outbreaks. Because people are not as scared. And it's easier to be like, oh, hey... I missed that item, or like, I'm really sorry, or, you know. And there's skills. There's skills at stores that employees can use to de-escalate situations. Never assume that someone is stealing, for example. Um, always, you know, prioritize your own safety, but if it looks like someone is, you know, perhaps doing something that they're not, always remain respectful. And I'm not saying that everyone goes to the store and just steals. That's not the case. Sometimes we make genuine mistakes. And if a person that is dressed up with just a t-shirt and jeans comes up to you and is like, Hey, you know what? You forgot to... Um, I think you forgot to scan this. If you need help, can I help you? A lot easier. Not as stressful. People are not going to lash out. 
And I think this is a very effective way to talk to people. Asking people, hey, can I help you? It seems like, you know, you might need help with this item. Stuff like that. Humanity. Being respectful. I think that's a better way to go. Obviously, there's always a time and place. But most places, most situations, respect and being level-headed gets you a far far and gets you a long way. With that, I leave you with these thoughts and I hope that you have a good, good day. Do something nice for yourself. Maybe take a bath, eat some good food, drink lots of water, have some coffee. <laughs> Go take a walk. Get a hug from somebody. Play with your pets. Learn a language. Do something that you enjoy. And safest, safest, safest of travels.